Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. Here's your host, David Pembroke. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you might be listening, and welcome to In Transition, the program that examines the practice of content marketing in government. Now, as we do each week, I'll start with an adaptation of the Content Marketing Institute's definition of content marketing as it relates to the government sector. Now, content marketing is a strategic and measurable business process that relies on the curation, creation, and distribution of valuable, relevant, and consistent content to engage and inform a clearly defined audience with the objective of driving the desired citizen or stakeholder action. Today, our guest is James Mathewson, the Program Director of Global Search and Content Marketing for IBM. James, thanks for joining us in Transition. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. James, before we get into the detail of content marketing and the way you do things at IBM and your views on how governments can use content marketing, I wonder if you might just take a few moments to take us through the journey from... Night, ed- night editor on the, the Minneapolis Daily, all the way through now to, to running the, the global part of IBM's business in global search and content marketing? Well, it's a long, it's a long story, uh, but sure. Uh, so I, when I was uh, uh, at the University of Minnesota, I was studying to be, to, for a PhD, and, um, and, and it, it became clear that academia, uh, jobs were evaporating, and and it was going to be a tough road, so I uh, I started exploring uh, the alternative career of journalism and uh, and working in journalism. Uh, I I did the daily. I, I was an intern at Computer User Magazine, and I I pursued a professional degree in uh, scientific and technical communication at that time. Um, uh, that degree led to my uh, getting the managing editor job at Computer User Magazine. Uh, and a month after I got that job, the editor quit. So I had the good fortune of becoming editor in chief of that magazine uh, uh, right away, and I, I did that for six years. And um, it was a, a, a monthly publication that, that we had uh, 33 local editions around the United States. And we had uh, at its peak two million uh, distri- distributed, and we had uh, a website with. Uh, 1.5 million to 2 million unique visitors a month. Uh, and we started the website, we had zero visitors. So I think the thing that I was most proud of was that we, we built that audience up um, and we built a model uh, for for delivering a web content that uh, was really unique and, and different from most magazines, which at the time just published you know, what they had monthly, or if it was a monthly magazine, they would publish you know, what they had in the publication. We started doing uh, really the precursor to blogs and and a lot of uh, uh, interactive content and 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 actually the content that we built on the website started to inform what we did in the magazine and those kind of cool things. Well, I went from there uh, ultimately to IBM to become the editor in chief of IBM.com, where I led the standards organization uh, for you know content quality and helping, especially marketing produce higher quality content for our audiences. And uh, in the process, it was clear that really our number one problem was that we were creating a lot of great content, but our 
audiences were not finding it. So I, um, I built a lot of search, uh, search courses, search education, search enablement. And, uh, and in the process of doing that work, um, I published uh, my first book, which is Audience Relevance in Search, uh, targeting web audiences with relevant content. And uh, it, was, it was unique in, in its time, and it's still, I think, relevant today, in that it, it's, it changed the formula for search. It isn't just produce good content and then optimize. It was all about learning the audience, learning what they needed, Based on, on the thing, the the intelligence from search, uh, from search engines, you learn you learn their queries, you learn uh, how they use the, the search engines, and uh, and you sort of mine that information, and then you build content that will that that they're interested in based on that information. I'm fascinated. I think certainly to to dive into this connection um, as to how you use search to to drive relevance around audiences and also to explore with you, you know, the content um, st- strategy side of your expertise as well. I know that you spoke recently at the Intelligent Content, content Conference um, because I think that's an emerging and particularly for governments increasingly important part of content marketing is to understand how do they organise uh, manage, govern uh, their content. But if I might just before then ask you a question about how valuable have your journalism skills been in building your career and the successes that you've had? Oh, I think uh, uh, extremely valuable. Mostly the the idea, really, of of being audience centric. You know, in journalism, you have to always continually think about the audience as you're writing, as you're producing content. Um, and, you know, uh, don't bury the lead, things like that, that are just, uh, essential and, and effective, you know, really nobody's a, nobody's a captive audience really in journal. And, you know, when you're, when they're reading journalistic stuff, and so you have to always be serving them and, and thinking about them constantly. And that approach, um, which is somewhat unique in marketing, or at least it was new in marketing when, when I started uh, working in this field, um, is, is that's really the, the most valuable thing that I learned in journalism, but also the idea of uh, like, you know, you know, the, the copy has to be built. You have to do it. You kind of, you get into a factory model of, of content and, uh, and, and you, and I guess what, what I was, what I, what I tell my son is like, if you want to do anything well, you have to do a lot of it. You can't just, you know, you, you can't just say that, oh, I'm going to start writing. I'm going to be a great writer right away. You have to write a lot and, and get really into a practice and, and a discipline of it. And in journalism, that, that you're forced into that discipline because, you, you know, you've got to push, produce something every day or every week or every month that is high quality, that meets the audience needs, that is, uh, you know, in, in compelling and, and, and so forth. How difficult was it for an organisation like IBM to understand this importance of of the audience and to be able to create content for the audience as opposed to the more traditional approach, which was to talk about the company and their services and and what they were good at and what they could do? Well, I think it it is difficult. I I, I can say that we're not 100% there in our transformation of going from what was what I call inside out to, uh, to outside in to to thinking in terms of the audience and their needs first. Um, it, it's uh, you know it's ingrained in, in especially in marketing 
in in advertising that you want to you want to form a a unique compelling uh, position and you want to you know you want to push it into the market and and you want people to you know, you want it to be something that they pick up that it's yours it's your branding it's your naming it's your whatever and that is just that is just the way that marketing has been done for you know forever uh, and the idea of learning the audience's information needs and building that and and developing a relationship with them based on on, on the sort of meeting their needs and, and being being there for them uh, it, it's brand new and it's uh, it, like I said it's very difficult but all we all we do is we, we continue to to do it and we continue to build results and it's really it's very results driven uh, and we're able to based on those results uh, demonstrate over and over again to all the executives in our company that this is the, the way to go and, and more and more executives all the time are getting excited and enthused about this new way of doing marketing. And, and so the transformation is well on its way, but we're not 100% there yet. Okay, so let's look at the way that you are able to produce these results that is getting the input and the buy-in of these senior executives. How are you linking search and content marketing? Well, the, the main way is, uh, so we have uh, really, when you talk about audience, you have to uh, you have to understand. First of all, there's just a lot of different audiences that that, uh, that query information, query for information related to stuff that we that we sell or that we uh, we have partners that sell stuff. So we have solutions that they're interested in, and we learn that what those audiences are, who they are, and uh, what is their information journey. Um, you know what we what we call a uh, a journey map of all of the, the, the different touch points where they need to learn uh, stuff in order to do their due diligence to make intelligent purchase decisions, and and really it's about learning that journey and and what are the what are those steps and um, and then providing that information based on the, on that journey uh, and, and there there are really hundreds of journeys there and they're not just one buyer there's a buyer group you know they they work together in teams. Um, you know, and you have to learn the group and how it works. And so it's really getting deep about what the audience, who the audience is and, and how they work together and what is the information that they need to make, to make their intelligent purchase decisions. And if you provide that in a user experience that makes sense, that, that flows, that is easily findable and, and, and so forth, um, you know, you, you, you drive the results because you're giving them what they need. And in terms of that, how do you then, or what tools do you use to d- discover those insights that's allowing you to create the content? Well, it, you know, it starts with Google AdWords, actually. Um, you know, the keyword research part of it is all about and what is the monthly demand for uh, a given uh, phrase. And, um, and you learn the, the demands in different parts of the globe, different uh, countries, uh, different languages, and, 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 you know, you kind of you develop an understanding of the nomenclature, the, you know, the idiomatic ways that, that your audience uses language in these different areas. And these are sort of the building blocks of, of the content. Um, and there are other, you know, other things that we can use, use social media metrics and so forth, listening to, to, to add richness to the data set that we, have, that we get from AdWords. Um, and then I, you know, you, you plug that into your content uh, planning process, and you start building the content. 
and you measure it and you know you sort of rapidly prototype and build content you have to you have to release the the notion that it's going to be perfect on the first go around you, you produce something that it works pretty well but you know there's always room for improvement you measure it you, you iterate you continue to build and, and you develop sort of a science of of content marketing based on what's actually working for your audience once you start to attracting them through search and start engaging with them in in your on your site you, you develop this sort of science of it and the and over time, it takes time, but over time, you really do get a better sense of what they need, and, and you, you just continue to refine it over over time. What sort of skills do you have on your team? Um, well, I have a lot of – so it's it's not traditional in marketing either that you would have as many technologists as I do. I've, I've got um, – you know, I've, for example, I have one person who is a, a Ph.D. in linguistics, and all she does is, is build ontologies, which are sort of uh, taxonomies that where the relationships are. You're focusing on the relationships between values and not the values themselves. Um, I, and I have lots of people that, that majored in library science and master's degrees in library science where they, they, they learned information systems and in, in, in retrieval and findability systems at a very deep level. I have data scientists who all they do is is uh, basically mine the the raw data from Google and, and try to understand um, exactly which words. So, so sometimes you can have, for example, a lot of demand for a word, but it's not really relevant to your audience. So kind of understanding what the relevance is in addition to the demand. And, and so I have those sorts of people. And of course, a lot of writers and editors, people who've got deep uh, you know, journalistic backgrounds in, in understanding how to build content that that can, uh, you know, that can meet the needs of, of the audience. Um, and then search, SEOs, the, the other, the last piece is the, the people who, who understand search and the way Google works in a very deep way. So, you know, how, how to build crawler-friendly sites, how to build uh, uh, algorithm-friendly sites, and, uh, and ultimately how to build human-friendly sites because that's, that's really who we're trying to serve. So could you give me an example, perhaps, of a, of a program and how you might go about a particular task around introducing a, a service into the marketplace? Okay, so it's a little, um, I, I, let's, let's say, uh, as an example, um, you know, we have, uh, we have a new service uh, for IBM. Anyway, we acquired a, a company called Cloudant which is a, uh, basically a database as a service company. So basically, um, you can build uh, databases that are cloud-based and, and quickly adapt and adjust them uh, in a sort of a big data environment to, to whatever the, the needs of your business are. And, uh, and, and so we acquire a company like that. Uh, we, we have to bring them into the fold of IBM. They've got sites that are outside of IBM, they're, they're already, you know, they have sales, they have marketing, they have everything that they need to, to be successful. We wouldn't acquire them if they weren't. Um, but the idea is then how do we build, how do we draw them into, into the IBM fold, uh, in a way that we're not breaking anything that they're already doing, but we're actually enhancing, uh, you know, their, their portfolio and, and the way that it fits with IBM's portfolio in a digital realm. And it's extremely, uh, challenging because, um, you know, the not breaking thing part is just difficult. 
But basically, IBM.com, our, our domain, has uh, a domain authority of 100 out of 100 if you use the, the Moz uh, scale. So uh, we have a lot of strength behind the domain. And if we can basically take the d- digital content that they have and, and build uh, fresh pages in IBM.com and transfer the, uh, really redirect the pages that they have in their, their in, let's say, cloud.com into the IBM.com site, they actually increase their search rankings and they improve the the way that their content is interwoven into other uh, related content in IBM.com so that the customer doesn't really see them as this separate company that happens to have been acquired by IBM, but really as, a, as, as part of a, the IBM fold. And, and uh, so over time, maybe about six months or so, the, the transition is, happens very slowly, but eventually... We have a service within IBM.com that that works and is uh, is is growing faster than it would outside of IBM.com, um, and uh, and also interwoven to the, with the other services that we that we uh, sell. Increasingly, governments around the world are taking this gift of technology to publish their own content. Uh, on you know curated, created, and distributed content through their own uh, platform, uh, be they third-party channels or their own channels. What advice do you have for government as they sort of step down this path? Because as you say, you know IBM, uh, an innovative company, a global leader, you're still wrestling um, with getting it right. What would you say to governments who are perhaps not as uh, sophisticated in the way that they're using this opportunity at the moment? What are the simple things that they could do to get started? Well, I guess the first thing I would do is is do a um, an audit of what you have. Um, you know, the the reason why the uh, the Content Marketing Institute's definition starts with curation is because um, you know. You can create it. It's easy enough to create a lot of content, but if you create a lot of the same content or duplicative or similar content that uh, the user doesn't understand the difference between it and other things, you have lots and lots of the same thing. It, it only confuses the user, and it, it also clogs up your site. It, can, it confuses Google. It confuses uh, whatever search engine you care about uh, because they don't know which one of those pieces of content is is the most valuable for a particular uh, you know, topic or question. So I, I would say focus on build that audit of your site and try to understand what you have. And, and, and then, you know, you, you try to learn your audience and, and build uh, a model of what content they need. And, and if you, if you just sort of overlay the, what, what your, your audiences need to what you already have, you'll find that, you know, there's there's uh, there's a lot of uh, connections there, but there are also a lot of gaps. And the gaps are your opportunities. And so focus on those new opportunities, those fresh opportunities for creating content. But otherwise, focus on curating content for those things where you have you have you have identified audience needs and you have content that already exists in your environment that you can use. Um, and in that reuse part is a little bit tricky because uh, you know. The, the kinds of content that governments tend to create, and that we have this problem at IBM, uh, are these big monolithic like white papers or 
reports of you know some weight, and it's difficult to, for like to force a user to read the whole thing to get whatever nugget of truth they're trying to get out of it. Um, so one of the things that another, the, the second piece of advice I would be I would say is is try to build smaller uh, related reusable components of content that can be uh, collected together for specific audiences rather than trying to build these large monolithic things that are trying to be uh, all things to all people, or at least all things to a lot of your audiences. Um, you know, we, we live in a world where, where users are, in, in this case, citizens are, um, you know, they're cognitive misers. They don't want to have to read a whole big, long white paper or whatever report to get the one paragraph out of it that is most relevant to their to their needs. They, they, they just want that paragraph. So if, if you can develop a system where you're building small reusable components and connecting them together for specific audiences, you're going to serve those audiences much more uh, effectively than if you try to build things that are you know all things to all people. And how then do you go about the task of making decisions as to whether or not the content should be explained via video or audio, stills, text, or graphics? Um, yeah, that's a really, really good question, and, and it's hard to, uh, to to give a one-size-fits-all answer. I mean, I think that uh, really uh, it starts with again with the audience that that um, that's you know certain uh, audience members are are more uh, you know interested in videos and and some uh, based on their other habits are, are more interested in audio. Um, the the one thing I would say is that whatever you do, um, there should be a, a strong uh, foundation of text. That that for if you produce a video, that you you know the, you have to produce something that has a a, a transcript or you know that where, where the the text can be used in mind and and then it, that that enhances your searchability, your findability, but. Um, the way that we do it at IBM, and I don't know if this is exactly applicable to governments, but uh, we tend to think of video and podcast content at what we call the top of the funnel, where people are just trying to learn uh, and dis- discover and learn uh, about the topics of interest. And then as they go down their journey, uh, you get more and more granular in what kind of content. So maybe the, the next step would be a case study, and the next step would be uh, like a, tr- a trial or demo kind of content, um, and, and eventually you get to the point where you know they're ready to put something in a shopping cart, and and uh, and and we can test the the different types of content at different stages in the in the cycle in the user journey uh, to to understand which ones tend to work better in which stages, uh, but that's really kind of the way that like the aware videos are very good for awareness. I think in governments, you know, awareness is a big is a big component. I would I'd say in general that there's one piece of con- one, one type of content that is is ascending very rapidly. It's video content, you know, the TED style kind of uh, videos where, where where an expert explains uh, some deep truth in an accessible way. And with the management of the the content program, once you've got it up and running and it's it's going along. I'm, I'm interested in your views on 
how do you manage the governance of those programs and how do you set about trying to make sure that relevant content uh, is, is, is established and that whole governance hygiene issue around your content is maintained over time so as it your website doesn't become block, um, uh, clogged up with a whole heap of um, out-of-date content. Well, this is, I think, the, the, the really, the, the larger the organization, the more difficult this challenge is. It's a huge challenge for IBM and for, you know, the, the larger the government, I'm sure, or the government agency. Um, I, I would say that uh, the first thing is you, you need to, that audit to, to understand what you have. And, and, and it needs to be, uh, you know, segmented or, or organized in a way that, uh, that you can quickly understand where the gaps and overlaps are. And, uh, and so that's, that's the first thing. And there are tools that can help you do that, but that's really the first thing. The second thing is that, for, you know, for IBM, we have sort of two, two main types of content. We have what we call evergreen content, which is basically, as I mentioned, you, mi- you mine the search queries of your users and you build content that, that matches the, the questions that are implicit in those queries. Um, at least answers them, uh, and, and those queries don't change that much over time. So you you basically are just adjusting this sort of evergreen content at the bottom. And then we have a lot of campaigns where we, you know, like we'll we'll sponsor a sporting event, and we'll we'll actually build the technology. Like for Wimbledon, we'll build the technology for measuring, you know, uh, all kinds of things about tennis, and uh, and then that becomes part of an advertising campaign and there's content related to it stuff. And that has a, a, a discrete beginning and an end. And there's, you have to have very clear, you know, expiration dates on content so that it, it's no longer, you know, when, when that event is done, it, it's gone. It just, it maybe goes into an archive or something, but basically that's another part of the cleanliness thing is that a lot of the content that you might find in your site is just out of date or old stale. And, uh, and so you have your sort of long shelf life content and your short shelf life content. And you have to make sure that you tune your system so that, you know, there's uh, an expiration date uh, on the short shelf life stuff. Just a final question. As we look to out to the next 12 months, what do you see as the, the major opportunities in content marketing and how are you going to position IBM to take advantage of them? Um, I think that they're really the, the, the main one that we're working on right now is uh, I sort of alluded to is what we call structured content strategy, which is all about um, breaking up the content into small modules and reusing those components as you would, I suppose you don't know programming that well, but basically it's object oriented content, if you will. Um, and, and, and because you, you do it in this way, you have these small modules that are tagged so that they're each self-aware. They have their own, like they can live by themselves or they can live in a collection and, or they can live in many multiple collections. And, and those are the things that you store and then you can serve dynamically to users depending on, on their information needs. Um, and so that's the, that's the first thing. But how do you know in a granular way what their information needs are? So this is in using you know pixels and cookies and things, tracking them in a way that you're not really gathering their personally identifiable information. You're just gathering some of their behaviors. You're understanding them on a behavioral level, and you're 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 serving the content that they need when they need it. And you're not you're not serving content that they've already consumed, which is one of the 
challenges that we have is that, you know, they, they keep coming back to the same page and, and, well, it's the same content. That's, that's not going to be relevant to them more than once. So how do you do it in a way that is dynamic and personalized and, and what we call in, in, in IBM one-to-one marketing, uh, tuning the system in a way that, that actually works like that? That's really the, the, the major challenge that, that we're going to be working on um, in the next you know, year, weeks and months and years. Sorry, and I will just throw in one more question because you did allude to it there around the issue of privacy, and I think the sensitivities in government around privacy are obviously very keen. What's your sense about that as to how far government can go in terms of tracking and cookies and other things? Well, um, yeah, it is. It, I'm no lawyer, but and and the the laws are quite complex and varied across you know the world. Like in Spain, it's extremely. Uh, uh, you know, delicate. Um, but but I would say that uh, there are lots of things that you can track that are not at all personal. Like you can build a, a fingerprint of a user based on um, what plugins they have on a, in their browser, and you can and that and every time that that, dis, that really distinct set of plugins that they have in their browser uh, visits your site, you can say, okay, I think this is the same person. And or at least it has, that this person has the same interests, and there's no name, and there's no you know date of birth or any of that kind of stuff. It's just uh, it, it's technology. This is a technology that somebody's using, and based on this technology that they're using, you know, this is the information that they might tend to be uh, interested in. Uh, so I, there's a lot of that you can do that 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 strips out any of the. the you know that basically uh, autonomizes the whole the whole process and and yet serves them the information that they need. You, you, the one thing I would say though is that it isn't just legal; it's also user preference. Like uh, if you if if you're t- a little creepy in, in what you <laughs> what you serve them, <laughs> you know they're going to go away. And so you have to be delicate. It's as much about you know what what their preferences are based on how they react to you know personalized content. And, and over-personalized can, can, can feel a little creepy, so you have to be careful with that. All right, James Mathewson, the Program Director of Global Search and Content Marketing for IBM. Thanks very much for a, a really fascinating conversation today. Uh, really interested in the sophistication of the program that you have put together there at IBM. And I know for our audience, they'll be intrigued by those insights. So thank you very much for seeing, for being so generous with your time and thank you very much for being In Transition. Thank you. You've been listening to In Transition, the program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. For more, visit us at intransitionpodcast.com.au.